0: Oxytocin is a peptide hormone released in mammals. So we can feel it, but so can your cats and dogs and mice. And um, it's this lovely built-in feel-good wellness hack that uh, I'm a believer in evolution. So the biology of our evolution as mammals included this really smart um, hormone which releases when we feel safe, releases when, when people with breasts, breastfeed, it releases when people are making love, um, but it also releases with a good, safe, long, loving hug or holding hands or, or physical contact.
1: Welcome to the Give a Consent podcast. The goal of this show is to introduce you to the people and ideas behind sex positivity, which is key to creating consent culture. Today I am joined by a culture shifter and media personality. Her mission is to shift our culture to be more compassionate world by helping people navigate challenging conversations. She's an intimacy coordinator, she's in TV and film, she's a speaker on consent and sex positive education, she's a corporate trainer, and the founder of Cuddle Sanctuary. Please welcome Cuddle Queen Jean.
0: Oh, thank you so much for that introduction. (laughs) That felt really nice. (laughs) Yeah. I feel very welcome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm really excited to have you. You're one of the first people I had on my list of guests that I wanted to have on the show because cuddle sanctuary for me was a really eye-opening experience and every time i talk about it it's a, a little bit of a point of confusion ah. because like the idea of just getting together with people for platonic touch yeah. is very taboo in our culture and i think it's also really important because like for me it taught me the difference between seeking gratification in an interaction versus seeking pleasure. So let's talk a little bit about like that pre pandemic place that is Cuddle Sanctuary and what that's all about.
0: Thank you and I'm so grateful that you have tried Cuddle Sanctuary out can speak about it from a perspective of having experienced it because those of us who consider it, and those of us who've been actually through the experience have such different stories to tell. So I'm Jean Franslow, and I'm the founder of Cuddle Sanctuary, and my mission is to help people get more connection and affection into their day-to-day lives with hugs and possibly with cuddling, with consent, and, and so um, along the way, it becomes necessary to talk about and to teach the skills of, of consent so that um, people have sort of the words and the techniques and tools and tricks to... Um, to, to navigate conversations relating to touch. I you know, love what you said about like teasing out the difference between different kinds of pleasure or different kinds of gratification. And, and, and I'm really passionate about creating a vocabulary where we can figure out what is it that we're needing and wanting? And can we actually talk about it? Can we actually ask for it? Instead of trying to get the needs met in indirect ways that can create confusion and even trauma um, when two people or when people are actually thinking and wanting different things there can be a great amount of confusion so cuddle sanctuary pre-pandemic offered weekly events called cuddle sanctuary socials along with one-on-one professional cuddling services so these are platonic touch experiences between a practitioner who has studied with Cuddle Sanctuary and a client who is seeking um, comfort, kindness, compassion, care, all in the realm of sort of a um, non-sexual environment. So there's so many different environments and one of them is sexual and sens- you know, sexual and erotic. It's sort of other stuff besides that p- part of the pie. Uh, there's so much other stuff to explore and, um, and also training. Uh, and now more online services, uh, products and things that people can can get into this work or, or explore this stuff and not necessarily need to be in Los Angeles or where professional cuddlers trained by Cuddle Sanctuary live. We're trying to help more people get these messages, yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. And, and I love I love that work. So um, like in, in the realm of like professional cuddling, what is the difference between professional cuddling and like just going and cuddling with your person that you're with?
0: Such a great question. I wholeheartedly encourage people to have cuddle buddies, beloveds, friends, family members with whom they can hug, with whom they can hold hands, with whom they can have coffee with and put their arm around. I love all of that. And I'll just, I'll speak for myself first. It's really handy to have a person who's trained to listen, who's trained in body dynamics, cuddle positions, and trained in um, in trauma awareness, so that I might be able to spend some quality time just focusing on me and my own self-care. Because when I'm with a friend, there's a lot of reciprocity of give and take. And sometimes I just want it to be all about me because I'm depleted or because I'm really, really sad or because of a lot of different reasons. Maybe I'm not in my regular town near the people I love and I really want some physical connection and don't wanna hook up, I just want connection. So there's many different sort of pockets in the culture where professional cuddling can fit. I certainly don't wanna take away that if I'm sad, I can certainly call a friend, yes. But um, when I was grieving the loss of my father and I went to a professional cuddler whom I had trained so I really knew he was wonderful, Jay in in Florida, I just got to cry. I got to relax into an environment um, where my wellness was top priority for a full hour. And I could just relax my vigilance. I could relax my concern about how is he doing? He's trained to take care of himself. I can relax knowing that you know, I don't have to take care of anyone else. And for those of you who might be caregivers, you might understand the value of being with a professional who's gonna take good care of their own needs so that you know, we can just focus on our own stuff. Does that help?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's also something really beautiful that happens when you when you're able to open up like that and, and take what you need and know that you're not overtaking. And and it creates this healing environment because there, there's a safety in it. And a part of that healing I think also comes down to the consent training that is part of the socials and part of what you're working with with a coach. Like we talk about like the ask and wait rule where you're asking before you're jumping in and trying to touch somebody. And that can be really healing for people with trauma. Like what kind of healing and effects come out of people who actually attempt professional cuddling or going to these
0: socials? Well, one thing I always recommend is that sometimes people who are on a healing path get so ambitious that they wanna leap over their own healing and go straight to being the, the professional. So I always would suggest if one is working with trauma, perhaps begin with your own process of growth, your own process of healing, to prepare you and also to resource you so that you're ready to provide services to others. Having said all of that, what I have noticed in myself and in people who come to events is that we slow touch down um, in our culture, there's this lesson that we're given, which is that we should use body language. And sometimes we should just sort of launch in there and just take a risk, um, with touch, um, by let's say in a sexual situation, just kiss the person, you know, take that first move, be bold. And, uh, for those of us with trauma, that can be really frightening, disturbing, re-traumatizing, not good for us. And so a Cuddle sexually, we slow it down, meaning... Um, We teach techniques like the no thank you exercise, emboldening everyone to have the words no thank you to any offer of touch. And also to practice receiving a no thank you to uh, requests for touch. That's Both of those skills are really important. But also the ask and wait method, um, which is required at our social events, which is if I wanna touch somebody, I ask, and then I wait, (laughs) I just wait for them to take a moment to check in with themselves, to determine if that's the touch that they're wanting, or maybe if they have another idea of, of something that might fit better, so it becomes a, a conversation. And so this is so rare in our culture. I think I could create an, an entire career on just the ask and wait method or the an entire movement on the ask and wait method, but there is a lot more to it. But you know what I'm finding is um, I'm learning to trust. I'm learning that I had more trauma than I realized. And I have a partner who's helped me um, to work through it by slowing touch down. Um, I was noticing myself pushing myself past my own boundaries because I didn't wanna be wounded, you know what I mean? Or I didn't wanna have to deal with stuff. So let's just sort of fake it a little bit. And that means I'm faking my own, like I'm just pretending when really I would prefer to be relaxed and embodied and feel truly and utterly safe. So I'm sort of mixing in my own personal journey and then the journey with Cuddle Sanctuary, but they have a lot in common as you're hearing.
1: Yeah, I, I think for a lot of us, the, the healing journey and the teaching journey and the self-care journey all kind of nicely stack on top of each other. And I like too what you said in there is... Um, like if someone's offering you a touch and you stop and check in with yourself first and then you can ask for things to be changed is um, a lot of us are not good at knowing like what kind of touch we actually want. And this is like a safe space to actually start learning the language for that.
0: Yeah, in fact, um, it's really common for people who come to our events to have no idea what they enjoy, which makes the recommendation and the guideline that you can change your mind at any time really important because You might be curious about a kind of touch, try it. And then like five seconds later, be like, oh, I don't like this. And so we don't want anyone to ever feel trapped or stuck, sort of socially awkwardly stuck, like I'm spooning somebody. I don't wanna be spooning, now what do I do? Instead, we give you language like, thank you for trying this with me as you separate yourself from any kind of touch you're not wanting, or I feel full or, I I thought I would like this, but it's not quite right for me. I'm going to take a break and sort of reassess because it's absolutely welcome to be curious and to be on the learning journey around touch. So that kind of thing is so much a part of the culture of these events. The etiquette is to be all good for you. Thank you for telling me. I'm so glad you're taking care of yourself (laughs) like that. And you might remember that there's a solo salon, which is a quiet place. Oh, yes. You can just sort of take a break from it all and uh, get a sense of what's next. Maybe I want to stay in the solo salon. Maybe I see somebody I'd like to ask for cuddling. Maybe I want to get a snack. Mm-hmm. Maybe I want to be by myself for a little while. So lots of options.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I love the solo salon also because it was like, you don't have to leave, but you can stop participating for a minute and just kind of, ground yourself or whatever it is that you need
0: it's super helpful some people have stayed in the solo salon the entire event and 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 when it happened i was like oh no does that person know they're allowed to leave the solo salon and also i'm not supposed to approach them it's my own guideline like somebody's solo salon assume they're fine you know Uh bless them you know not spiritually but you know like honor there that they're taking some solo time and that individual at the closing circle said, thank you for showing me what consent looks like. And came back and stayed in the solo salon again a few times. And then what they would do is somebody overcoming trauma is they would go off of the solo salon for a few minutes and then go back to the solo salon to like, just like a a kid coming around from their mom's skirts. Uh Like uh, I'm testing out what the world is like and then going back to where it's safe. And this person is self-regulating their sense of safety. And that is a very empowering thing for a person to do. But I don't want everyone listening to assume that everyone is dealing with trauma. That that's that this event is solely about trauma. It's just that the structure of it provides safety for those who might have um, a more uh, need a more careful approach to the event. There's uh, plenty of other stuff going on as well, including laughs, including silliness, including <laughs> including connection and conversation and things like that.
1: I think the massage train is one of my favorites that happens at Cuddle Sanctuary. When, when, when they kind of like lay out so I'm like, let's just go for it. Let's have some ideas and then the massage train happens. I like to be at the end of the massage train though.
0: <laughs> That's right. The end of the... Wait a minute. Are you saying you like to be the front or the back of the massage? That's the front. <laughs> okay. My favorite position as well, because I'm part of a community, but I'm just receiving and I'm <sighs> taking a break from any kind of giving. So folks are wondering, what is a massage train? Maybe you can picture one person seated in front of another and three to another in front of another. And we've actually renamed it before the, the pandemic. One person called it the sensation station. And the reason why is that not everybody wants touch, but maybe they still want to participate in that sort of row. And so a person could say, hey, I don't want you to touch me. But would you put your hand like a couple inches away from me and like. Send me some good vibes, you know, whatever that means to you. So even that can be a way to participate with no touch at all. And I think that's an important thing to let folks know that in a professional cuddling session or a a cuddle event that has, you know, good boundaries that I would want to attend, that there always needs to be a guideline that there's no touch required at any time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's so helpful, especially when you're in a space where you're being encouraged to say no to things that you don't want. To have that knowledge that there is a, like a hell no, and that's going to be totally respected and even celebrated.
0: So yeah, yeah, celebrated for sure. Um, because in the in the day to day default world, um, people are engaging in t- unwanted touch. You know, that's so it's so common. It's benign, which is the unwanted hug, like. Oh, I haven't seen you in so long. And the voices get really high sometimes. This is, um, I'm sort of stereotyping how uh, we, you know, how me as a woman might be, you know, seeing someone. It's like, hi, oh, I guess we have to hunt now. Um, when neither of us are wanting it, but because it's like socially sort of an ex- expected thing, I would love to do away with all of that. The, the false gaiety, <laughs> um, uh, but also unwanted hugs because they're, they're such empty moments. And I so prefer to ask to wait and to actually know that my hug, this person actually wants a hug. Well, then I can just really breathe and give them the gift of a hug or receive the gift of their hug and, and really have a moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And of course, everything is different now. Um, yeah. you're, you actually Cuddle Sanctuary is like your business. You're an entrepreneur. Um, what has the last year been like? Because cuddle parties are definitely not on the table in pandemic times.
0: For sure. Well, I'm really proud to say that my colleagues and I across the Cuddleverse have pivoted really well. One way is, is that uh, many of us learn the skill set. Of providing soothing, kind, and compassion experiences virtually, uh, at first it was a bit of a paradox or para something to call them virtual cuddle sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if the word paradox is the right word. And, uh, oxymoron maybe is the right word. Yeah. And so now you know maybe the better phrase is a virtual connection session. But there was a, so much that we can do virtually including gorgeous eye contact which can be so like with quiet and eye contact there is so much that we can feel in being present with somebody who might be across the world besides that you know I created a class called find a covid safe cuddle buddy because in the beginning of the pandemic I was kind of quiet about the fact that you know I live alone and I was not about to begin a lifestyle of complete and utter physical isolation instead you know i come from a medical family my dad was a pediatrician my mom is a retired nurse i was paying very close attention to what i understood about the evolving science of what COVID was as an airborne um, virus etc and so i made a covenant with my cuddle buddies, with two people who were in separate households about how we would act, what our commitments would be to each other in terms of masking, in terms of our isolating ourselves from the general public, in terms of how we are when we go to the store, in terms of how often we go to the store, in terms of how we're interacting with family, in terms of, so you get the idea, we know all of the drills. But from the start, I was not, Missing touch because I was continuing to cuddle privately with the people in my pandemic bubble. And the, it, it, I thought it, it was a bit um, scandalous to say, I am not isolating myself for my own mental health and emotional wellness. That's not a good choice for me. I mean, talk about an immunity dump would be to put myself in a, you know, in a state where I would be depressed um, a lot. Sadly, there have been there has been a spike in depression. There's a spike in self harm, and in, in, in this isolation. And so, I created a class and, and, and it put it out there in the world so that people could expand their pandemic, their quarantine, as safely as possible, or, or, or in a way that's risk aware. So that's another offering. I created a channel called Cuddle Queen Jean as a way to connect with people weekly. To provide tools, you know, uh, that help me or to, to show some cuddling in hopes that, because I kind of am imagining that one day there might be a cuddle channel. Um, just as somebody once tried to create a puppy channel, that whenever you go to that channel, that cable channel back in the day, it'd be all puppies all the time. And there are things like that out there. Um, but I was imagining that people just watching the kindness of one person caressing another person's page, face or the kindness of watching somebody braid somebody else's hair, that that love and that oxy, oxytocin boost could actually be transmitted by watching. So That was an experiment that I continue to, to do right now as the pandemic is hopefully wrapping up, but I'm really grateful for the ingenuity required to see how, what solutions we could figure out together.
1: Yeah, that's, that's really great work. And I love that, I love the dance breaks also that y'all have uh, where everyone's dancing together because that creates some great energy also.
0: Yeah, I wanna give props to Faye Wyatt at faywyatt.com who has her beautiful and emerging um, cuddle therapy and relational, um, a relational coaching practice because it was Faye's idea to dance for 15 minutes every day, a 15 minute offering which she continues to do. And they're nearing, I believe the 300 day mark. And I am not talking about weekends off. I'm not talking about Christmas off. I'm talking about every day. And I have been a substitute at times and a uh, substitute dance you know, facilitator. And uh, she's still doing it. And so if you wanna find out more, you can find Faye and uh, join in.
1: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, You mentioned this uh, a minute ago, you just mentioned oxytocin and I would like to talk about is like, what is actually going on in the brain when you're actually like skin to skin touching people and what are we missing in that kind of like, we're just connecting over Zoom to get the connection?
0: Well, um, oxytocin is a peptide hormone released in mammals. So we can feel it, but so can your cats and dogs and mice. (laughs) And um, it's this lovely built in feel good wellness hack that uh, I'm a believer in evolution. So the biology of our evolution as mammals included this really smart um, hormone, which releases when we feel safe, releases when when people with breasts, breastfeed, releases when people are making love, um, but it also releases with a good, safe, long, loving hug or holding hands or, or physical contact. So I consider oxytocin sort of the bread and butter. It's like, uh, bring me your body and hopefully, you know, with uh, safety practices, uh, we might be able to get that boost in your own body because it, it's like a trigger. It gets released, not all the time. It gets released in the certain circumstances when we're, when we're receiving these different kinds of, of touch or these different activities. So I, wanna, I always want to give a caveat because some people listening might be like, why do I never feel good when I'm getting a hug? And there could be a lot of reasons relating to your sense of safety. But some people who have had trauma or sustained trauma, actually their oxytocin release mechanism can be impacted by that. There's a physiological difference in some bodies. So please understand it might be related to trauma that you might not feel that feel good that everyone's talking about. So I just wanted to give you that heads up. But for many of us, it feels like relaxation, trust, connection, and a loving vibe. Some people have called it blissful. Isn't that cool? And that's why, you know, people have joked with me, you know, people who don't know oxytocin will make a mistake and think that I'm saying oxycontin, uh, the pharmaceutical, Mm -hmm. which is so, uh, you know, which is in the news a lot. Um, but I want to say that they have something in common, which is feel good, but one can be addictive from what I understand. And oxytocin is a, is a absolutely wonderful feel good hormone to want more of in your life. Similar, of course, there, you, I always think that things in moderation are good. So eating well may, can make one feel good, but we become obsessed with it and it becomes stressful. Same thing with exercise. It boosts Endorphins, another feel-good feel, um, hormone. Um, but again, it can be taken to exercise bulimia. So similarly, uh, I recommend what I call ODO, Optimum Daily Oxytocin. One can get oxytocin from looking into the eyes of a dog and many people, many pet enthusiasts, say that they do get their feel good when they're loving on their cat, when they're loving their snake, when they're looking, you know, at their fish. So I, I, the only reason I mention the dog is because there's an actual study related to eye contact with a canine, and you know, and I try to stick with the science because goodness, cuddling is considered so weird in so many circles that it it's good to keep grounding it in science. Um, but I do want to tell you that. Uh, I put one of my virtual connection sessions on YouTube, and because as proof that a person can actually feel some really deep feel good through the virtual. It, it depends on what happens. In like in other words, it depends on the practitioner. It depends on the it depends on the client's willingness to maybe try different stuff. But we can get there and create some real deep feel good even through the screen please, 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 please don't translate that to mean that I think we should eliminate touch or that we should have robots hugging us for the future. That's not something I'm super into. I'm a big fan of human contact and human connection. But I did discover some surprising truths that there's some feel good that can happen virtually, if need be.
1: Mm, that's so interesting. I, I love knowing all of that because it's just, I, I think it's all about making sure that you have optimized what you need for the day, like, like having a healthy diet to make sure your serotonin is good and taking care of yourself in that way. Um,
0: yeah. You had asked about what goes on in the brain and stuff. And there's like wellness benefits that I didn't mention. Would you like for me to mention them? Yeah, absolutely. So what's great is that even though there might not be detailed studies on cuddling specifically, there's plenty of research out there about touch and Mm -hmm. cuddling is touch. So there's not too many leaps I need to make about the benefits of oxytocin, for example, gets what gets released with safe touch. So some of those benefits include a better night's rest, so a deeper sleep, um, decreased cardio, cardiovascular disease. So it literally boosts the health of the heart, um, boost an immune, the immune system. So that's a kind of an interesting one when you talk about the pandemic and wanting to boost your immune system and the fact that soothing touch with a safe partner helps to do so. And yet we're, you know, it's an interesting debatable thing. Um, and then another one, is, oh, decrease in the stress hormone. So I'm trying to remember what it is.
1: Is that cortisol?
0: That's exactly right, a decrease in cortisol. Thank you so much. It wasn't at the tip of my tongue. So for those of us who care about our health, the idea that you can sort of lay around a little bit and give yourself that health boost. I feel like it really satisfies those of us who love being productive or those of you who love the latest health hack. This one's like super easy, as long as you have that partner, you know, some kind of safe cuddle buddy, which we can talk about more if you'd like.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely what I wanna talk about next is like find that safe cuddle buddy. And then on top of it, as we're coming out of this pandemic, like is there a crash and burn to like getting too much contact or uh, how, how do we
0: do that? Mm. Well, this is a great point. When a person has been isolated for a long time and then they get drenched in a beautiful event where they're getting oxytocin boost, there is something that we um, in the cuddle community called oxytocin drop. I wrote a blog about it. And some people are creating good graphics about how to do self-care because it can feel like bliss. And then maybe like the next day, it evolves into feeling really sad. And so my recommendation is basically, I consider it like a gas tank that's empty. Uh Um, It's just like, it feels like a crash into sort of an emptiness. My recommendation is to keep getting your oxytocin levels up and up and up. So it just becomes a daily goodness. When I first started cuddling as a client, you know, going to events, this is what I observed, bliss and then crash. I had to almost plan for it. Then when my life became steeped in the world of cuddling because I cuddle my partner, I cuddle clients, I cuddle at events, you know, when it became just my day-to-day life, I did not get those, those drops anymore. I should mention, you know, that I used to deal with a lot of depression and that also evened out. I think there might be a connection for many folks that they just might realize that they're missing. I I'm using it, not scientifically, but the vitamin T, you know, touch that, that could be a piece that's missing in one's day-to-day life that deserves to be planned for similar to how some people plan their groceries for the week or their exercise or their social connections.
1: Yeah, that, that reminds me also of like, um, if you are somebody who has lots of energy highs and lows, they call it more, um, it's about self, self-regulation. And there's also this idea of co-regulation where if you're with other people, it helps you stay level because that's really the name of the game at the end of the day, that you're not crashing all of the time.
0: Yeah, the co-regulation, we talk about that um, as a service that professional cuddlers are providing. But oh. if there is somebody who is calm grounded, deep breath, um, like in a really good, smooth sort of emotional state, that person can take a client who's agitated and simply with their physical presence, which might include holding and breathing, just being in the presence of somebody who's chill can help you get more chill. Maybe that's why, I mean, it's not a cult, I promise, but but I think I—it just occurred to me for the first time that maybe that's why people seek a guru, and why people will, you know, sit at the feet of a, you know, of a master of somebody who, you know, who they consider has reached some kind of human mastery is because that person's like really chill, <laughs> and maybe that chillness or maybe that good vibe is contagious, in, in a good way. Anyway, you know, I, I don't want to take it to a. I took it to the world of cult cultishness, but it certainly can be a way in which that you choose a good practitioner is when you feel good around. It's an also a good way to sort of think about how you think about your friends. <laughs> so it, it can translate.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true. I, I definitely seek that out in people and to know that they're capable of self-soothing and self-regulation and aware of it when it they've gone off the rails. Like uh, I do a lot of yoga and I know that does a lot to um, keep like my nervous system in check. It helps me a lot because I'm an anxious person. It helps a lot with
0: that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for acknowledging that. I also deal with day-to-day anxiety and yoga helps me plenty. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're like-minded in that way. Breath, yoga, good people, (laughs) inputs of positive things, habits that are um, habits that help me feel good are so good, self generating. Like I feel good and then I want to keep doing the habit because I feel good and then I do the habit. Kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah.
1: So, in, in coming out of this pandemic and coming back into the point where we can have that physical contact again, what is that going to look like for cuddle sanctuary and for just our, our society?
0: You're, the question is so good right now where, uh, you know, if you look at the date of this video, some of the countries vaccinated, some of the countries resisting a vaccine, um, people who are wanting to come together. There's some some places in which the COVID is starting to boost because people are have, have had enough of being apart from each other or missing each other, et cetera. So what is that? How do, how do we ethically put on events where cuddling is welcome? And that's like the whole point. One thing I'm doing is th- this. There's the science that I need to honor. There's the health authorities in my region who will have uh, their requirements. But then there's the uh, psychology of we as event leaders, my team, and the people who are interested in coming to events. So what I first did. So so in other words, this is gonna this is gonna be a complex mathematic, okay. which is, which is the science and the requirements, and then the ethics of exclusion or the ethics of inclusion. People who lead cuddle events, my team, folks who do this work out in the world, like my colleagues at Cuddle Party, my colleagues at Cuddlist, care deeply about inclusiveness. It's why you'll see that you know we, we, we include in our code of ethics that we serve Uh, all races, all nationalities, all gender identities, etc. It's like it's built into our DNA to be inclusive. So are we going to exclude people who can't get the vaccine because they're allergic to it? Are we going to exclude people who can't wear a mask because they've had trauma around, I've heard about somebody recently who had trauma around a terrible uh, suffocation trauma in their childhood, they cannot wear a mask or they'll go into a state of panic. Are they excluded? Um, so there's so many different reasons. Why, how about the Black community who has every reason to have uh, concerns and worries about the medical establishment uh, and and their that community's reticence and worry about getting vaccinated and trusting its safety? Um, anyway I think you can probably tell that there's a lot to think about so I created a survey which my you know which my team has taken to find out where is their sense of safety and ethics relating to these questions and then over 80 people have it's probably over 90 by now uh, have responded as guests or potential guests of these events to share their two cents about what they would expect what they would require what they would need and it's Not everyone has the same opinion. Yeah. So uh, if I'm going to have these events, I have to be willing to please some, not please others. And maybe hope that there's a period of time, you know, we are targeting July. But what are my rules going to be? That's still in development. But what I just did today is I sent a note to the team and I said, can we have a meeting next week? Here are some questions. Are you as a public cuddle public cuddle event leader willing to share your vaccine status publicly? That's something I, I feel would be my responsibility, but but will everyone agree? We'll find out. If you disagree that, if you think that, you know, having vaccine only events, prove a vaccine is the is, you know, if you disagree with that, um, are you willing to do an event like that anyway? even if, it's, even if it, it's against your grain? Or is that a line in the sand that you will like, maybe some people are like, we just have to trust people. I don't want people to have to show documentation. I'm just explaining like people have different opinions. You can kind of tell that I'm hearing lots of them and, and I care, it's my job to care and not be dogmatic. So what I have done is I updated our code of ethics and requested that like everybody who certified with Cuddle Sanctuary as a professional cuddler and everybody who leads events, re-sign it with new language about public health. And it's language that says, I will obey the health authorities in my region and I will keep apprised of changes in my region and make uh, changes accordingly. Because is this our first pandemic and only pandemic of our lifetime? I hope so variants might change stuff might we need to shut down our events for a period of time maybe um we've all had lots of stops and goes and heard about restaurants like we're on we're off now we're <laughs> now we're shut down so keeping lean in terms of uh, uh as a business is important everybody else has income coming from other places along with me um and I think that's smart. It's, it's, it's still an emerging wellness modality. People still don't know about it. So, you know, in our professional training, we say with love, you know, don't quit your day job yet, uh, even before the pandemic, because it can take years to develop a practice because it's your job to educate everybody about what it is and what it isn't. And there's confusion about it being sex work, or there's confusion about our social events sort of wink a wink. It starts off one way, but but you bow, bow. bow by the end it's something else, which is not the, you know, the, the yeah. case. But there's confusion about it and and you know, the education is a big part. So the yeah. education continues, right?
1: Yeah, and I love that also, like, in in talking to those that you you serve, because it creates a sense of consensus and community and ownership and respect for everyone's level of consent walking in the door to know that the rules that they set are 100% followed, or there's reasons why it had to be changed.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, is that some people might not like my decisions, Mm -hmm. Um, but at least they will know that they were heard, they were deliberated, that I care. Um, I'm, I'm, Like if I if I you know lean towards the more strict version of things, um, my plan is to begin offering the cuddle the find a COVID safe cuddle buddy class for free, so that those who are dying you know like really wanting a cuddle event maybe they can gather folks that they feel safe with and have their own you know, events. I'm also creating a class, an online class, to teach people the secret sauce of how these events run so they can run their own events in their own cities.
1: That's a beautiful thing.
0: Um, I'm excited before, about it.
1: Before I ask you, I had to just imagine. So um, before I ask my last question, yeah. where can people find you if they want to find out more about
0: oh, this? Oh, thank you so much. Go to cuddlesanctuary.com or find us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, Cuddle Sanctuary. Same thing goes for YouTube. The show is called Cuddle Queen Jean, but the the channel is called Cuddle Sanctuary. So that's all you need to remember. We're in all of the places and uh, thank you. And there's some free stuff on the website and obviously the videos are free. So I hope you'll partake in, in any way that serves you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my last question, I've been asking a lot about like, what to do as we're coming out of this pandemic. And that's what I wanna ask you about too. Basically, um, what's one thing that our viewers and listeners can do to actually bring more of this positivity into their life, like increasing oxytocin and getting more of that intimacy?
0: Mm. Well, one thing you can do is you can point to like the blogs that are out there about cuddling or you find a video on YouTube or something and you can use that as a conversation starter those in your life who you might like to cuddle or maybe at least have more holding hands or maybe sharing more hugs you can just use that as a starting point for conversation we've already done the hard work of writing these things or making these videos and so just be like huh what do you think so starting conversations is a good idea another idea is to just think about all the people in your life who might be open to holding hands a little bit more or painting nails with each other or giving each other a foot rub. In other words, expanding the repertoire of activities that you do with the people in your life that might include more sweet, sweet kind touch. So uh, I created a video on that very thing, like here's some cuddle things you can try, here's some activities, here's some positions, here's some childlike things you might wanna return to. Um, so I'm just trying to brainstorm as much as I can to give you all the um, conversation starters. Hmm. It takes courage. It yes. takes courage to start those kinds of conversations. Yes. And yet, uh, it's the, sometimes it can be the difference between a lonelier life and a more fulfilling life. And you deserve uh, to, to navigate those conversations to get to the other side if you can.
1: I I wish we had more time to dive into so much more. Everyone who's listening, please go look up Jean and all the work that she's doing. It's really great stuff. It's a great way to get started and to just bring more sex positivity into your life. Thanks for joining me and until next time. Thank you so much for watching this week's episode! If you want to see more, go ahead and hit the subscribe button so that we end up in your feed. If you got something out of this personally that was helpful to you, also please leave a comment below. I love hearing the feedback about what's working and what's not. That's what makes the show better. And until next time, love you more, and we'll see you then.